and welcome back to the Rearview Podcast for Season 2, Episode 4, where, of course, we're going to be talking about the Imola Grand Prix or the uh, Emiliano Vergdibano Grand Prix or something like that. Yeah, it's a a fun Italian word. Um, But either way, we're coming out of race two and it looks like we really might have a proper title fight on our hands and that is very, very exciting. So let's not waste any time and get to talking about the race. Uh, And of course, joining me to do that is going to be the wonderful Mr. Reese Keeble and Miss Ruth Buchanan. Hello, guys. How are you? Hello. Welcome back to, to the podcast. I mean, I'm saying that as if you haven't been here recently. You've, you've been on every single episode, bar one from Ruth. Um, so we're good. We're all right. We're all okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited yeah. after the yeah, let's, race. Let's, let's get right. Let's get right into the race. Let's get right into the news. Uh, right then. Coming out of race two, one point is now separating the top two drivers, which is so exciting. We haven't had a, a you know a title fight this close. It feels for for a very long time. Um, it. You know, it wasn't as simple though in the race as one driver being one point ahead and it was just Max and Lewis at the front again. It was much more complicated than that. So let's talk about the exciting and dramatic race, which was all over the shop, really. Uh, and let's start with a thing that really threw it up in the air more than anything, and that is the weather. Because more than anything, you know, it was unpredictable, I think it's fair to say. Uh, for once, the F1 gods looked down on us and blessed us with some unpredicted rain, and it did catch people out. We saw Alonso take a trip into the gravel on the opening lap, on the you know the, the first lap before they get to the grid. Um, Leclerc took a spin on the formation lap. You know the conditions really spiced things up, particularly at the start of the race, where Hamilton seemingly couldn't get away off the line anywhere near as fast as Verstappen could, who who geniusly put his car into second gear to start. Get lower revs, less wheel spin. Very smart. Hamilton didn't do that. And Verstappen, from third to first, what did you guys make of that start? Because it, that was a very exciting part of the race for me. Uh, we'll go to Reese first. What did you make of Verstappen and, and, and Hamilton? And Perez, obviously, who's on the second row. Their start there. What did you think of that? It was uh, a very, very entertaining first corner. Well, first couple of corners, because they, they come back to back. Um, but yeah, um, Max just... He had it. I don't know who told him or what made him think. You know, I'm going to start it off in second. But what a what a wise choice. What what a what a wise choice by the lad. Definitely, definitely. Ruth, what what did you make of it? Yeah, he is renowned for being a really really great wet driver. That's a really weird way to phrase <laughs> it, but Moist. he always performs so well in wet conditions mm. because he just has a greater understanding, obviously, from when he was learning in Holland and it's always rainy there and and everything he just understands how to get the car to do what he wants it to do in those conditions and I even bet Hamilton as a seven world time champion you know d- would not have thought of that so mm. it was just a great start from him all round. well there was an interesting bit I saw from uh, Sky afterwards Anthony Davidson basically broke down the start and of the front three, Perez included, and we'll talk a bit more about Perez in a second because I'm sure Ruth's got a fair bit she wants to say about uh, Perez this weekend. The Perez, who was also in that Red Bull, started in first gear. So I don't know if that's something Max sort of thought of on the way to the grid and thought, that's how I'm going to get a better start here. I'm not going to share that with anyone else. Or if the team instructed him, I don't know. But it was either way, it was the, it was the right decision because he got the start he needed after what was not an ideal qualifying for Max. You know, he couldn't pip Perez. He couldn't pip 
Hamilton in the end over one lap. He made mistakes and fell to third. He did exactly what he needs to do to get that start. And, and he, I mean, he led the race from the first corner, really, didn't he? It was only one lap or so where he fitted and Hamilton went in front. So I think that is that is one of the most important parts of that race was the start, 100%. Um, right then. The start out of the way, let's talk about something more controversial that happened in that race. Uh, and of course, I'm talking about um, Sergio Perez because... It was at this point in the podcast last week, we'd had the first talking point, we came on to Perez and said, oh, he had a really hard qualifying, he went out in Q1 and then he had a you know, failure on the formation lap, had to restart the car and start from the pit lane. Um, he had a lot of troubles, but he had an excellent comeback in the race. This week, it's almost the reverse of that. He had his best ever qualifying, putting at P2, it was an excellent qualifying for him. Uh, he had a clean formation lap, when Charles Leclerc was spinning off, he was nice and sensible, he was at the front, he was keeping position. And then the race, it well, he had a woeful race. It just kept going wrong. He can't seem to find a balance, apparently, between having a good qualifying and a bad race or a bad qualifying and a good race. Uh, and I know, Ruth, you'll be itching to get your two cents in on this. Um, but it all seemingly went wrong for Perez out there. Most of the time, through no fault other than his own. I think there was not, you couldn't blame the team for that. He lost lots of positions on the opening lap. He had lots of spins. Uh, he overtook under the safety car which is a weird one that I can't wait to have a chat about because that is one that I do not understand. Uh, and in the end, he only ended up bringing the car home in 11th place, 12th across the line, but 11th after Raikkonen's penalty. Let's let's just get your thoughts on this. Ruth, I'm going to go to you first because I know you've got an opinion piece on, on Perez <laughs> pre-written, ready for this. What, what are you thinking of Perez coming out of that race? I seriously just think it proves exactly that anybody who gets in that car physically cannot perform how Red Bull want them to whether it's Gasly, Albon, Perez, anybody else it's clearly not an issue with the drivers it's clearly an issue with the with the car or with the team Mm. and it just frustrates me that a really good driver like Albon has also lost a seat just all of these things that have contributed to it like Gasly you know, it looked really bad for him when he got dropped. I'm sure that's affected his future in F1 too and how other teams will perceive him. And it's just so frustrating when you watch Perez doing, actually, I would say on average, the same Albon was doing. He hasn't outperformed Albon and, you know, had a a P1, P2 with Max or anything like that. And that's exactly why they swapped him for Albon because they wanted him to perform in that way. And he cannot. I think that being said, you have to look at the the bigger picture from Perez that he's only had two races. And one of those races, he's had a really good race and a bad qualifying. One of that races, he's had a really good qualifying and a bad race. If he puts that together, I think he will do well. I think that's the thing. We haven't seen enough for me to definitively say Albon should have stayed in that car when he was dropped Mm. or um, they shouldn't have dropped Gasly when they did. All of these things because they never give enough time to a driver to see development. You're never going to have a great qualifying and a great race if you never give a driver an opportunity to learn and develop in a car. You can't put a driver in a car for one season and expect amazing results. You know, Hamilton is only such a great driver and seven-time world champion because he's had the experience. He's had you know every single weekend he never makes a mistake Mm. because 
he knows what he's doing because of the experience he has but you can't expect the same from other drivers in your car when you don't give them that opportunity yeah i think i mean yeah like i said perez hasn't been there long enough to properly prove that yet because perez is that experienced driver so i'm hoping eventually we do see him putting this together but there's one thing in particular that i want to more take it with reese uh here to get hear what he thinks about this and this is just a thing that i think is inexcusable especially for a driver of Perez's experience, he knows the rules. He's been in Formula One for ten odd years or so. He undertook under the safety car, overtook under the safety car. Even what is going on there, Reese? It's what, it's what a very think? weird one, isn't it? It's 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 really strange. Like, um, I understand Ruth's point, by the way, the frustration because I know that Ruth was like quite a big album fan, um, and I understand that frustration of well, technically after these two races, he's not done too well, um, but you got to look at. The last, uh, the last race, I, I, I'd argue that he did do well in the last race. Um, it's just his qualifying wasn't as good. But um, like you said, Tom, if he puts them two together, it'll be cracking. Uh, th- this race was, I, I'd argue, was hard for everyone. Um, with the champion even going out, like he should have been out of the race if it wasn't for that red flag. Literally about two seconds later, Hamilton, I don't think he finished in the points. Um, the fact that then also Bottas went out, Russell, who is also very experienced in that, Williams went out. Like there was a lot of spins. Oh, I forgot his name now. Uh, it begins with an A. What's his name? Tom Hill. Who? <laughs> he drives for Alpine. Alonso. Uh, Alonso. <laughs> the fact that Alonso span, Vettel span. They're all world champions, so it, it was clear like a hard track. Let's say. Um, yeah. So I think it's a bit unfair to kind of judge him on this last race. Uh, going back mm. to the safety car thing, um, I mean, that was just ridiculous. I don't know whether he was too busy trying to concentrate on driving in the wet conditions, whether in his head he thought this is the formation lap, because you are allowed to do that on the formation lap. It it literally, like, maybe because Leclerc did it on the formation lap, he thought, oh, maybe I can do it under the safety car. But that doesn't make any sense. It was obviously just like a lapse of judgment for him, I reckon. Yeah, I agree with Reese there on the the safety car issue. I'd be interested to hear the um, radio between Perez yeah. and Red Bull after he overtook to see whether it was just Perez made that decision, the team told him to, and they were confused. All of those things. But yeah, I I agree with what Reese is saying that the race was hard for everyone. I just disagree on the point that Perez, who has so much experience finishing p11 is not an awful race for him because if it was albon because he's a rookie he would he would be told that he is an absolutely awful driver in a great car who isn't performing well enough so yeah i mean don't get me wrong 11's not perfect but um it's better than dnf isn't it and considering quite a lot of like not as many cars as we thought were going to dnf but the fact that like Bottas went out, the fact that Vettel was literally spinning that much that he couldn't even get a decent lap under his belt. You know, there was there was that was a tricky a tricky circuit. Did Vettel spin? Yeah. Yeah, I think he had a little spin. Vettel, um, yeah, Vettel, Vettel spun a couple of times. I think did he? I think I thought Science spun a lot. Yeah, Science had did. had a lot of spins, but I think I'm Vettel, sure Vettel spun on you know the chicane. Did he? I think he Maybe. had a little spin. I don't know. Yeah, he was on the um, when he when he was on the mediums. Right. Okay. Oh, oh, yeah. He was the first onto the mediums. Was he? he was a bit. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I I think 
it, Perez is definitely one that the jury's out on. I think. I mean, we had this conversation a lot with Albon was in the car last year that we, you know, we sort of said, if the performance is come, he's all right, but you know, he needs to pull it all together. And I think it's the same for Perez. At the same time, I think you could say that he's new to that car. He doesn't know that he's only been in there for two races. It's yeah, he might be experienced in in other cars. He's not necessarily experienced in the Red Bull yet, and that is something that he'll grow to learn to to use, hopefully. And if he's given the opportunity, I I can't (laughs) see Perez getting sacked anytime soon. I'll say that. If (laughs) if you look at Daniel Ricciardo at the minute, Lando Norris in the last two races has significantly outperformed Daniel Ricciardo. Yeah, exactly. But that's because Daniel Ricciardo is still getting used to the car. I think after. Science at Ferrari, like look at yeah. how well Leclerc in that race compared to Science. Yeah, okay, they finished right next to each other, but Science really was struggling as well. He was, ve- I don't know, understand how he held position for as long as he did. To be fair, Science because he had a good couple spins in that race. It was very interesting because every time he spun, he would really beat himself up over it, and then he would put out a great lap mm. and make up so much time. But then obviously he was just losing that time because he kept making the same mistake. A bit like you but... and the F1 game race. Yeah. Cheers. <laughs> Uh, right, let's move on to then a driver that, that Reese wants to put forward his two cents on. We've had Ruth's opinion on Perez. This is one that Reese want to have a bit of an opinion on, and I think in a more positive light, because after what was going to be a uh, illustrious qualifying yesterday, uh, until track limits ruined it, Landon Norris drove one of his best ever races out there today, going from 7th to 3rd, very nearly 2nd. Um, it was a great race for him, What wasn't it? Reese. Just, just talk to us about Lando. You could talk all day about Lando. Give us a quick brief overview of, of that race and, and just how good it was. I think it was extremely unlucky that um, he didn't get second in qualifying. Um, or th- was it second or third? It, it, it was have been second, third. wasn't it? It would have been third if it had Right, third. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it was extremely unlucky that that didn't happen. Um I mean, it was second when the time got deleted. That's where I've got that in the end. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, extremely unlucky that that didn't happen. Um, there was photos all over social media that had people on the same, like, bit of the track that he was that was apparently exceeding track limits. Mm. Um, yeah, they got to keep their laps. But, uh, hey-ho, we move. Um, in the race, he was... He was he, he had a cracking race. Uh, very unfortunate when that red flag came for him. Um, because, I like, I... The team did a perfect, in my opinion, did a perfect strategy. Um, Lando actually fell down to ninth um, after the first lap. So he did really well to get it back up, to maintain second from Hamilton. Mm. I I mean, realistically, Hamilton should have took him about four laps prior to what he actually did. Um, So, yeah, to maintain that second for so long and to actually get a podium, it was a cracking race from Lando. It was, and uh, I'm really happy for him. I mean, it was the first time, I think, since uh, 2012, one of the races in 2012, that we've had two British drivers on the podium, which is when Jensen and Lewis were last on it together. So, was in it, that sense... Wasn't it, it the seventh, 700th or 400th time? It was also, it was also the 700th um, time a British driver had been on a podium, 699th and 700th. Obviously, they were both on there. So, in terms of that, that's a great stat, and it's, it's great that we're seeing Lando properly coming through and, and grasping that car, you know much better now he really impressed me in qualifying i was gutted for him when he didn't get you know that third place or that second place whatever it would have been i was absolutely gutted for him because he, you could see he was he got watching him come round. he'd done purple purple and then i think he just lost a bit of time in that final sector and it wasn't quite the fastest lap but to see that remove was was really gut-wrenching and i think that really drove him today to especially do a much better race he what did, what purple, did you make purple, of that, green 
yeah gone <laughs> yeah well yeah what did, what did you make of that Ruth what did you think of, of Lando's performance yeah I agree it was an incredible performance number one number two the fact that he managed to hold um Hamilton behind him for as long as he did without um DRS <laughs> I was going to say DNF, and I was like, it's not DNF. We'll have to Martin. We'll have to phone Martin here. <laughs> Without DNF, DRS, he held him behind for so long, so much longer than would have been expected of anyone else. So, um, yeah. I mean, he defends really well. It's just a shame that he can. He just didn't have enough pace to hold Hamilton behind, probably because of his tyres yeah, as well. Yeah. Which is just one of those. But P3 is still a really, really great outcome from mm. a race for a mclaren as definitely, well yeah, it's definitely. great to see a mclaren on the podium i mean well, I, let, let's be honest them tires shouldn't have lasted as long as they did i don't know how, where he got extra grip from in them tires mm. but to make them soft score 20 something laps was unbelievable yeah exactly and i think at that point as well he knew that a pit stop would cost him too much and he wouldn't be able to make back the places so he was really just defending and trying to crawl to the finish line without losing his place. I think so. it was it was really interesting how that red flag fell and who decided to go for the softs and who decided to go for the mediums. That really interested me. And there was a great interview with Sky Sports that Lando did afterwards where he sort of spoke about his tyres and he said, we kind of weighed it up and decided that the advantage we get in terms of pace at the start on those softs would outweigh the negatives of grip we'd lose at the end. So it was a brave decision in the end to go for it, but it paid off because he wouldn't, he, 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 it, the pace he would have had on the mediums wouldn't have been enough to get him to the podium. But the pace on the softs was enough to get him up there. And then it was just a matter of defending once he had that position. And he did, and he did it perfectly. Uh, I, I mean, think I, I when, also when said you, in the group chat as well that um, as, as a McLaren fan, we were quite lucky that it was a uh, rolling start, not a like another start. Yeah, start. not a standing start. Yeah, that that like really helped us out because there there would have been no way that I I don't that, like the McLaren is looking good this season, but I don't think it would have been good enough to them. Like, um, I think Albon was behind him at that point as well. Like, I don't think it would have been uh, not. Leclerc, he came back. Leclerc and Sainz <laughs> yeah. were both behind him, weren't they? And then. Yeah, it um, was. The other Red Bull as well. I think I'm so tired. Perez, today. it's Perez. Perez, yeah. Perez was also there, yeah. in a way. Yeah, definitely. So. Uh, and I'm actually going to just quickly interject whilst we're talking about that restart because Yuki Tsunoda, who I think he's going to really beat himself up over this weekend, he showed he's a rookie. I think that's fair enough. Last week we were singing his praises because he did really well last week. This week he had obviously that horrible incident in in qualifying, which was really unlucky really to have caused the amount of damage it did um on any other circuit that would have just been a spin he did got going again but unfortunately here it did mean his back end got wrecked so he couldn't compete in qualifying and in the race he did really well for the first first start to get himself up to ninth he was right behind lewis hamilton uh and having a really good race up until that point and then obviously like i said he's a rookie that was his first proper go in f1 in wet conditions and it was hard he made that mistake and did spin out whilst he was trying to battle with the seven-time world champion. Yeah, I think it was a shame for him because he went from P20 all the way to P8, yeah. which is insane to have been able to overtake that many drivers and still have pace to keep going. He overtook Hamilton, which, I mean, when have we ever been able to say 
this rookie, this new driver in an Alpha Tauri has mm. just overtaken a Mercedes. Yeah. Doesn't happen very often. It was even if it was as well, rather than second even so. if it was for a second or so. But yeah, I think the spin was just really unfortunate. It was. Because originally I thought that Hamilton had tapped his back wheel mm. and that's why he'd spun off. But um, I haven't actually seen the clip, so I'm not 100% sure. But I think it might have been a similar um, spin that Hamilton had where he just got his wheel a bit yeah. too far onto the wet and it had just pushed the rest of his I, car around. I so think it was pretty much the same as the mistake Perez made where obviously there was a dry line and there was a wet line on the circuit and I think Sonoda just slightly got his wheels onto the wet trying to get past yeah, Lewis. Yeah, I think that's it, the but. only issue with the Imola circuit when it's wet because everyone follows the same dry line. When you overtake, you have to break the dry line. You yeah. have to go onto the wet mm. and, you know, it's just unpredictable when you're there, so. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but it, it was a great race for him nevertheless. What? Never mind, carry on. Let's <laughs> just see something out the window. Uh, just some birds on a branch oh. doing the dirty. Oh, there you go. All right, well, now it's <laughs> it really distracted me. I'm Ruth. so sorry. <laughs> Sit down. That's, that's staying in. Ruth, can you describe them for us, please? <laughs> it's just two pigeons. I've never seen a baby pigeon either. So, well, there you go. How exciting. This is a, a rear view uh, podcast exclusive. Autumn baby watch. pigeons. Um, <laughs> Yuki Tsunoda, though, who is a baby pigeon of Formula One. There we go. Bring it full circle. <laughs> it was a good race. He is a rookie. He made rookie mistakes, but it's proof that he still has got something. I'm just look. I look. I'm looking forward to seeing him fully develop into a driver. And I think it's going to be a longer process than maybe what people have have said he might do. He's not going to be there overnight. It might even take longer than a season. But the potential's there, and it's clear. And and I can't wait to see him fully develop into that. A hundred percent. Right then, let's talk about people getting onto the wet line and crashing. Most notably, the most important one, of course, was on lap 31, which was the worst lap to be on if you were a Mercedes driver. I think that's fair to say. Um, And we'll start with the first half of that lap. Max and Lewis were trading blows. Fastest lap here, there and everywhere. Trying to get past all these lap cars uh, to get back to the front of the grid. Uh, and Lewis maybe was a bit too eager to get past Russell, gets onto the wet side of the track, takes a trip into the gravel and kisses the barrier. Let's talk about it. What happened there? Should Russell have done something different? Should he have let him through earlier? Something like that. Or was it just bad driving from the seven-time world champion? What do we think? Let's just let's just hear what, what we think. Ruth, what do you think about it? Um, I think an interesting point just to say before... Um is when Russell was interviewed at the end, he was saying that that was the first time he'd seen the um, blue flag Mm -hmm. to let Hamilton through. And so he let him through at the earliest opportunity. Um, And so really he couldn't have let him through any sooner because he was already in a fight, which is why they hadn't um, given him the blue flag before that point. Yeah. So really that was the, the first place he'd been able to give up that position. And he tried to. It was unfortunate that Hamilton had spun out, but again, that just comes with the track conditions. Mm. It could have happened to anyone there. You know, he wasn't on the right line to really take that corner and to go around. It's not a very good place to overtake anyway. And as we've seen, everyone else who tried to overtake on that, that corner did the exact same thing. Yeah. Um. So maybe it was Hamilton being a bit too eager to get past and Russell wanting to please Lewis giving up that position as quickly as he did 
Um, so really, I think it was just mistakes from everyone there that really contributed to Hamilton losing out as much as he did. Well, in the end, he didn't actually lose out Well, yeah, as much as you, you think he might reach. What did you think there? Was it just Lewis being too eager or was Russell in the wrong place? Uh, yeah, no, I, I completely agree with what Ruth said. Um, I think Russell let him pass at the right opportunity. Um, as you say, the, the there is a dry line on the track because obviously it was a wet track. So there's a dry line. You go off the dry line, you're losing time. Um, if Russell would have, let's say, moved over, he wouldn't have then been battling Bottas, which he felt like he could have took. Mm. Um, and you don't want to win PGR race to kind of let someone throw in a blue flag. Like you want to do it where it's both convenient for both of you. Um, right. I think Lewis was chasing down the lead of Max, and he was he was having hammer time, if you will. Um, but I think he pushed way too much on a wet surface. I'm gonna have to have a word with you guys because you've agreed too many times in this podcast. <laughs> I, I, the reason I get you guys on every week is because you normally have a little catfight and hold you on, disagree. Hold on. It's, <laughs> it's not it's not your podcast though, is it? Let's be, let's let's be the reason I get you guys on. Ah, oh, you, you normally have a bit of a cat fight. You have a bit of a we'll disagreement. We'll be having an argument with you in a minute if you take full control. <laughs> right then, let's talk about the big one from lap 31. Russell and Bottas. It's the one that, that you know, we could talk about with for, for hours, I think. Whose fault was it? Which way did it go? Um, officially, the FIA have said racing incident. But I don't think it's quite as simple as that. Or maybe it is. I don't know. That's what I'm going to ask you guys. What do you think? Should Bottas have done the swerve? Should Russell have even been going for that manoeuvre? What do we think? Let's hear it. We'll go to Reese first. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Um. It was exciting. I think that's all I can really say about it. I think George was looking fast. Um. And obviously wanted to get past past Bottas. Um, it did look like he put a tyre onto the grass. Bottas also looked like he moved out to his right before then swerving back in and squeezed Russell. Um, and obviously that got Bottas a little bonk on the head. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I think it's, you know, a bit a bit 50-50 as in like, George maybe shouldn't have put his wheel on the grass, but then if Bottas didn't push George over, would he have put his wheel on the grass? I don't know. I've... I mean, we we talked about it afterwards, Tom, and you said that there was a driver's agreement that Bottas wouldn't do what he did, didn't didn't we? Yeah. So maybe then it's Bottas's fault, considering it's a driver's agreement. But just because it's a driver's agreement, don't mean that they've kind of got to stick by it, um, because it doesn't mean that they're going to get penalised. So. Yeah. Interesting. What What do you think, Ruth? Yeah. Exactly. That's. I feel like that's the problem with driver agreements about things. You know, Mazpin on his first race broke one as well. The move that Bottas did on Russell is something Verstappen used to do a lot. And it's a defensive move where you slightly edge to the side and because you're going at such a speed, it makes the other driver back off because they don't want you to cross over Mm. and cause a crash with them. So they will always back out out of that overtake. And obviously, Russell, at that point, he didn't slow down. He veered as well because he could see Bottas was moving across. And I think you have to remember, they were both going so fast that 
even the slightest movement at the side of you is going to catch your attention and you're instantly going to have to react. Yeah. That's the it's whole thing way, with... This is... This is um, You've got to remember also, and I'm surprised not more people have picked up on this online, they both had DRS open at yeah. that point. And, and the, the way a car acts when DRS is open in terms of... Um, you know, side to side <laughs> is completely different to if yeah. the DRS is closed. If you even turn the wheel like a little bit too much with the DRS open, the back end is gone. It's Absolutely. not going to follow with you. That's another reason the, it's so dangerous. Really. I think the thing is as well is it's a, it's a wet track. Like mm. it was so so like even in the dry, like that's not on. It's like when um, Roman used to move over uh, under braking, yeah. like he did that a couple of times last season. Mm. Moving under braking is dangerous. I'd argue what happened then. Uh, with with Bottas, and I feel like I'm now shooing the blame straight onto Bottas, but I feel like what happened with what he did was significantly more dangerous than moving under braking. Yeah, I feel like Russell's reaction wasn't the best reaction either, so I definitely feel like both drivers have blame in this situation, which is why it's a racing incident, because there's no rule to stop to stop Bottas from doing that or anything like that, so really what can the FIA penalise them on? Yeah. There's nothing there that, that in a rule says Bottas can't move across in that way. No. Otherwise, he wouldn't have done it. It's just a gentleman's agreement not to do that. And so neither of them can be penalised for it. It's just a shame that both of them lost out so much. And obviously, as Russell said, P9 for him is an amazing achievement in a Williams. It would have been eight as well for, because of uh, Lewis yeah. crashing out. He would have been up to eight. And for Bottas, it doesn't mean that much. And so for him to pull a move like that, it just... Um, I feel like Russell just felt it was a bit more disrespectful mm. for him to have done something like that anyway. I just feel like the way both drivers handled it at the end as well maybe wasn't the best. And obviously online, it literally, as soon as George Russell put out a tweet, it was like you could hear the Hamilton and Bottas fans running like it literally was like that and you would go to the comments and all of the comments were awful Mm. like were absolutely awful to read and I just don't understand why people can't just say okay this was a racing incident nothing more nothing less both drivers could have done something differently it is what it is yeah and I think it, it was interesting Toto said afterwards when he was talking to Sky uh, he said literally the words it, it's not 50-50 maybe it's 60-40 but I'm not going to say which way so he obviously knows someone he thinks someone is more to blame and by the fact he'd say I'm not going to say each way he, both of them are his drivers Mercedes drivers you know so he doesn't want to put the blame specifically on either of them but yeah you've, you've got to say it, it was it was a stupid move really from, from both of them Russell really should have known that overtaking there wasn't a great idea it wasn't a great position to make a maneuver on because of the way the track was and the track conditions uh but also Bottas knows he shouldn't have been so aggressive like that it was never going to work work well for either of them really i mean people were on about after the after obviously after the incident george went over and said are you trying to get us both effing killed which obviously isn't the way to do it either however the fact that then Bottas, like obviously that was out of pure frustration and he's already explained that well, he hasn't already explained, but we've already explained on here that that's because, obviously, a Williams getting points is, like, pigs yeah. flying sort of thing. Um, and then, so the, the, the fact that then Bottas then flipped him the bird, um, like, like people are having to go at Russell for 
giving Bottas a little tap on the head. But I mean, if someone literally shoved their finger in your face in point point blank range, you 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 know you would. Yeah. Like, I I I think that it's a very unfair to be like Russell shouldn't have smacked him when like what it was like a tap. You know what I mean? And he had a crash yeah. helmet on. And two, Bottas was just as much to blame. Like it was like in the incident, fifty fifty. Like both both times. Yeah. Well, but I mean, Bottas said post that he couldn't hear what George was saying. It just looked aggressive. Uh, and that's why he said, I just spoke with my finger. <laughs> Which, I mean, yeah, okay, it's fair enough. Imagine um, if George walked up and said, are you okay, mate? <laughs> yeah, I know, <laughs> He yeah. just gets the middle finger. <laughs> I think you could probably tell it. He was probably a bit angry, though, by his body language and things. But at the same time, you know, I don't think Russell was trying to be overly... He wasn't trying to start stuff. He was going over and saying, what are you doing? Are you trying to get us killed? He wasn't starting directly on Bottas. He was just, he was, I think, more of a question. Then Bottas put the middle finger up at him. That probably then peeved him off more, so he, he bonked him on the head. Either way, it sh- it's not how it should have been dealt with. These guys are professional racing drivers. You know, they should know how to respect each other. You know, I don't think for a second that either of them probably look back on that with, you know, very proudly at all. I'm sure both of them are, um, it's not a, the most proud moment for them, but yeah, it's one of those, isn't it? It's, it's, it's we- racing at the end of the day, so. Can we also talk about the fact that someone in the Williams team paid, painted Russell's seat literally about two seconds before he sat in the car? Because <laughs> he had black actually, marks all over his bum. It was actually a burn mark from the bottom of his car from when he had dragged Bottas. Um, the, because of the heat of the like brakes and everything, apparently the heat had carried through underneath as well, especially when it was dragging along the concrete and the gravel mm. so the heat had risen through his seat and actually burned the bottom of his seat. um bottom Boom. of his seat <laughs> there you go that's wow. that's mental that's why we that. have ruth in here for lovely insights like that about yeah. bum burning we get one <laughs> burning and birds weeks, because <laughs> Bottas's car was also on fire because he'd taken most of the brunt but um george russell had been dragged all along the yeah. actual track so i think the heat was was from all of that so yeah, I'm going to title this episode "Bum Crazy. Burning and Birds." That's what we're going to go with for this one. Um, right then, this is the next point that I'm going to talk about because you know that that there are conspiracists and people all over the Formula One community now looking at that crash with their tinfoil hats on um, because it played very nicely into the hands of Lewis Hamilton, who less than half a lap earlier. I put it in the wall and reversed back onto the track, uh, and very, li- very, very nicely for him, managed to perfectly time a safety car for a pit stop to put a new front wing on, and then also a red flag so he could come back into the tip, uh, into the tips, into the pits, uh, and 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 you know, unlap himself, get some new tyres on, get the car repaired. It all went very well for him. There's going to be a lot of sceptics and theorists that. You know, we'll be saying that this is Crashgate 2.0. That Bottas and Russell both took each other out to help Lewis back into the title fight. But what do you guys think? Is there any conspiracy there, or is it pure coincidence and luck that they just happen to have that crash at just the right time for Lewis? Ruth, is please I... tell me you you got your tinfoil hat on today? No, I absolutely believe it is ridiculous to think that <laughs> two drivers would compromise both of their races for a world champion especially when a williams driver is in the points and bottas is bottas <laughs> who has recently said that he wants to race for himself and you know put himself first rather than hamilton 
so <laughs> I, I don't know there's a lot of conspiracy theories out there i just i don't believe any of them i'm afraid okay reese please tell me you you you, you got your tinfoil hat on yeah, well, it's a bit, uh, you know, it's happened at the same time. It's a bit absolutely stupid that people are on Twitter saying that people would essentially almost kill themselves in a crash for Lewis Hamilton. How stupid. Like, I t- I saw this question in the script and I was like, I'm just going to say no. But I- I'm-, I'm quite angry about it, to be honest. Like, it was a fast crash as well. Like, I'm surprised those brown marks weren't something else on Russell's bum. Like, it was so fast. Like you wouldn't have a crash, like like if you were to do it, like like you, you I think you messaged me during the race time and was like, oh, conspiracy theorists are out, and I said if you were to do it, you'd just put your own car into the like if you were Bottas, you'd just put your own car into the wall to yeah. get a safety car out, like you, you would not origi- carry how the original crash yeah. gate happened. You would not carry yeah. that much speed into a corner. No. Yeah, the fact that Bottas was winded after as well, he he'd had a massive shunt. And yeah. he'd taken majority of the force. It, I just, it's so ridiculous that that people will be like, "Oh, Bottas, Bottas did this so that Hamilton could have a great race again." <laughs> it's like I could understand Bottas relinquishing, like relinquishing a position. Oh yeah, that is Bottas actually doing it, but crashing his car. I mean, come on. The, the, the same thing as well. Like F one drivers' lives are in danger when they're racing. When you're having a crash at almost, I think it was almost 200 mile an hour. It was on one of the fastest parts on the track. Yeah. You wouldn't, it's, I I, I sound stupid saying it because like, why would you even think it? You know what I mean? It it wouldn't happen. Why would it happen? Why would you put your life and not even your life, another person's life in the hands of essentially fate so that you can get your, get your teammate a red flag. They didn't even know the red flag was going to come out for crying out loud. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. I it think... very easily could have been a much worse crash as well. Very, yeah. very yeah. easily. Because um, in the actual video after, you can see that um, Russell and Bottas's wheels are basically tangled when they first go into the left left side and then they go right. Yeah, You can see that both their wheels come up and obviously had the halo not been there or had the halo failed or anything like that, very easily one of those drivers could have been hit in the head or lost their head completely when you oh. think about how much force goes into a crash like that. I think... It's just... It's so stupid to me that people will will just try and say basically anything online. Well, yeah. I think you always have to remember that the connotations that Imola carries. Obviously, Imola is a Grand Prix where, uh, you know just under 30 years ago Ayrton Senna and Roland Ratzenberger both lost their life in the same weekend and that is the corner where they had that crash is the corner where where Ayrton Senna had his crash so if they I I mean I agree it's not a chance in hell that 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 is more than just a coincidence or just Lewis Hamilton being very lucky once again Um, if it did come out though that that was a conspiracy to make them crash especially on that corner Oh, it's, there's going to be. It would be. It would be absolute hor- yeah. outrage. Exactly. The spot would be cancelled. You couldn't do that. The, it the, would just like, be the, the spot. Yeah, it, it would just be atrocious because obviously that is a corner that co- carries so many um, sort of you know connotations and, and, and history in it, and because of that, so 
Yeah, it's definitely one that. that I is... don't know why. We, why have we talked about it so long? Like it's just <laughs> a simple no, isn't it? Realistically, no, well, yeah. no, we're trying to get a podcast out of it, but for crying out loud, like no, ooh, ooh. it's not. It, it no. should be as simple as that, really. It shouldn't even be something people would question online. Yeah, because it's just absolutely ridiculous to believe that people would compromise themselves in that way. It just. It's the crazy. only thing that should be the only thing that should be said online is holy sugar honey iced tea. I'm glad they're both still alive. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm yeah. glad they were able to walk away from it. I'm glad the worst injury was the fact that Bottas has got a little bit of a headache because he had his helmet slapped. Yeah, I think the the one thing we can take away from it though is that Lewis Hamilton is the luckiest man to have ever graced the planet. I mean, <laughs> how many other drivers are going to ha- crash out, hit the wall? spend about two minutes reversing back and forward trying to get their car facing the right direction then decide i'm just going to reverse all the way back onto the track have to change their front wing and come out unscathed about six seconds behind the leader because of a red flag putting them back unlapped into ninth place i mean (laughs) he got so lucky and i think that he wouldn't have got second place without that crash i think that's fair to say i think he'd have struggled to get points without that crash realistically what do we think? Is Lewis Hamilton the luckiest man? Very quickly, yes or no? Ruth? Yeah. Reese. Your yes and no is getting more ridiculous every week. <laughs> I love my yes and no question. It's one of those things where you're basically forced to say what he wants you to say. Yes. So you're yeah. just like, yeah. fine. So, I'm making Tom, my point. Tom sits there, he's like, right, very quickly, yes or no. We say yes or no. And then Tom goes, yeah, well, I'm glad you said yes. Because in my opinion, I just want to say about 5,000 words on the subject and then we'll wrap it up. There we go. <laughs> exactly. Lewis Hamilton, the luckiest man in Formula One. Uh, it certainly was an eventful Grand Prix. Uh, and although we had to wait three weeks to get it, I'm glad we did. It was a long wait, but it was worth it because the rain, everything came together and made it such a good race. It's not quite as long of a wait until we get to Portimao for the Portuguese Grand Prix at the end of the month. So I think we need to make some predictions for it. Uh, and let's just start where well, we always start with the qualifying top three. Ruth, take it away. Um. Okay. Hamilton, Verstappen... See, it's always this this third that I feel like throws us for a hoop because a lot of the drivers are 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 very likely to be able to to be there. Mm. So Hamilton Ruth Verstappen. Ruth didn't hear the bit that you said very quickly, Tom. <laughs> Hamilton Verstappen, Leclerc. Okay, I'm also just going to interject here. That is a rearview podcast first. Ruth has included Hamilton in one of her predictions. I've has, included. Has him that before. ever happened before? I have. Oh, it's not. It's not happening on mine. I listened back. To, <laughs> I listened back to the, to the predictions from last week just to try and find out. And oh, yeah, they I were ridiculous. Someone could have got it right. Someone could have got it right. None of us put Hamilton in our top three predictions for qualifying. <laughs> <laughs> but he was, I don't know why. Closest. I don't know. I think um, I put I feel Perez like and Verstappen with... in, in mine. I think I, I feel put like without Verstappen the... first, Perez second. I think I put Sonoda in mine. You did. <laughs> without the um, without the deletion of um, Lando's lap, I think I would have been closest because I think I did um, Max, Hamilton, uh, Max, Lando, Bottas, I think right. I said. Yeah, yeah, I think you did actually. So... Yeah. I think I, I got Perez right in second place. I think I put Verstappen in first place. So that wasn't right. But anyway, Reese, your prediction for this weekend. Uh, I'm going to say 
Valtteri Bottas, mm. Max Verstappen, Sergio Perez. Interesting, interesting. Uh, I'm going to go for a similar mix on that. I'm going to go for first place, Lewis Hamilton, second place, Max Verstappen, third place, Sergio Perez. I think Perez, I think next weekend in Portimao. You think he's making a comeback? I think it's going to be his weekend. I think he's going to have a good qualifying and a good race. He's going to get a Wait, podium. Was that, was that qualifying and race or was that just qualifying? That was just qualifying. We'll do race in All a right, minute, good. don't worry. Don't, don't get out of yourself. Don't get out of yourself. He was like, Bottas is in my, Bottas is in my yeah, three. Yeah, Bottas is in Let my top three. Let me change it, oh please. So, Perez isn't going to finish the race. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's let's do that now then. Let's do our race podium then. I'll go first. Um, I think it's going to be Verstappen top. I think it's going to be uh, Hamilton second. And I think it's going to be Perez third. That's my prediction for the podium. Reese, you go next. It's too late. I said it first. Okay. Um, I'm going <laughs> to say Hamilton, Verstappen. Um, Your third place. It's where you Mazepin. Really uh, that I was an M. That was Mazepin. My, I'd struggle with my third place because there's so many drivers that could get third place. And you don't want Perez it's to so be It's so hard to, 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 to pick. <laughs> God forbid if Perez gets it. God forbid. <laughs> That's not going to happen. <laughs> Um, Sonoda again just whack him in there no. <laughs> I'm going to say Norris again ooh Lando for another podium interesting Reese, is she just trodden on your parade there uh, no because I think it's for the race now I want it to be exciting so I think Max and Lewis are going to be battling that much that one of them's either going to take the other one out or they're both going to go out ooh, so I'm going to say I'm going to say that Sergio Perez will come third. Tom got his hopes up then. I think um, Valtteri Bottas will win the race. I'm not, I'm not your normal guy who does a one, two, three. Um, and I think in second. <laughs> he um, likes to keep us guessing. I've done a three, one, two. Um, I think in second, we're going to see. I really want to say Carlos Sainz, but it's going to be Charles Leclerc. Interesting. That's you think interesting. Ferrari will will finally get that podium that they I think they've deserved. They've been yeah. very they've been good. I th- Ferrari I think both good. Leclerc and Sainz um were really good in that race. Yeah. I have to say as well, Sainz, even though he made so many mistakes, at least is consistent. At least he's, he's consistent. a consistent driver. <laughs> you can't take it away from the there man. There you go. I'll tell well, you what, to get fifth as well after all them mistakes. Well, yeah. what, what it was impressive, drive. definitely. If it, uh, Can I just say as well, before you wrap up, um, yeah, I always on. forget that we record faces because right. um, we never used to. And I, sometimes when Tom talks, <laughs> I look disinterested. Um, so I just don't take it to heart. Yeah. I always forget I that it's on. So I'm like looking down and looking around the room and itching my nose and Ouch. stuff. So, you got your picking your nose on there. He never Probably. does it when I'm talking, though, so it's fine. He's, he's, he's always I just yawned during the Well, hopefully it'll be a cracker either way of a race. Uh, and, of course, we'll be back with another episode uh, right after it. So until then, I've been Reese. I've been producer Reese. And I've been Tom. Bye! Bye! Bye.